This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Here's a riddle for you, Dave. And it has to do with our topic today. What is big, ugly, and sends trout into attack mode? Your white legs when you're wet waiting? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, I suppose that could. And, and your legs, the too. The whole site yeah, itself. Bo- both of our legs. Actually, the, Oh, yeah, mine oh, are real man, tanned. I know. Well, the answer that I was looking for is a grasshopper. Oh, baby. Yeah. It has legs, but they're not white like ours. Anyway, if, if you're new to fly fishing, you'll find that a hopper pattern is your best friend during the dog days of summer. Uh, you'll learn to love hoppers because the trout love them and they will attack them. I remember fly fishing the Yellowstone a few years ago uh, with my two sons on a hot afternoon in late July. And it was a clear sunny day, which is usually not the best condition for fly fishing, but all three of us had strikes on almost every cast. Oh, man. And the, the hopper patterns we used were just irresistible to these Yellowstone cutthroat trout. Something else which newbies and veterans appreciate about fishing hoppers is their visibility. Yes. <laughs> I, I get so tired of trying to see a size 18 oh, or man, size 20 parachute, this or that, right? And I'm like, I just love a size 6 Dave's hopper. Yes. You know, it's just much easier to see floating down the river. And then these small flies. So it's like the difference between watching a strawberry and a single Cheerio floating yeah, down the current. Absolutely, it is. <laughs> I think fly fishers also love hoppers because they seem to float forever without getting waterlogged, especially the hopper patterns that are tied with foam. So, yes, hoppers are generally easy schmeasy to fish, but here are a few tips that will help you if you are... Uh, a beginner. What would we say to our listeners, Dave? Some tips that will help them uh, fish hoppers more effectively. The first is to let the river warm up. And you and I have seen this through the years. I'm sure there are exceptions to this, but the prime time is usually mid or late morning to early afternoon. Yeah. And it really takes the warmth of the sun to get the hoppers hopping. It's a little, you know, and a little wind will blow them into the river. Yeah, that's and, helpful uh, too. So, but if you're fishing early morning, especially or late afternoon, you may need to try another kind of fly. And you and I had this experience on 16 Mile that we fished, you know, several years ago. And I remember there was a trico hatch going on that day, and I thought to myself, I am not fishing tricos. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. just too tiny of a fly. So I started nymph fishing, and I think we were on the river around nine o'clock. Yeah, and I put a hopper on immediately because it was a bright, sunny day, and it was just nothing. Yeah, and, and I fished for a couple hours, and I think it was when I picked up, mm-hmm. and then I, I found you on the river, yeah, and you were at and this little I run. Had, and you were, I had just gotten into All of a sudden, it's like, wow, the water warmed up, and every cast. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Just a, a, another statement here. I, I do think <laughs> you can fish hoppers where there are hoppers in the, you know, in the grass around the, the rivers, right? I mean, there, yeah. mm-hmm. obviously there needs to be hoppers. Right, It's certainly yes. true in the Wisconsin-Minnesota driftless, uh, more so in the west where we've mm-hmm. fished before. So 
you can fish hoppers if there are hoppers. Yep, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it, it seems... Uh, patently obvious. Patently obvious, but you know what? On your way to the river, if you're walking through the grass and, and hoppers are jumping around, yeah, think hopper pattern. You, you may not see trout feeding on hoppers because it's not like they're emerging. You know, that, that's the thing too. Don't look for, oh wow, you know, there's a hopper hatch going on there. All <laughs> yeah. these trout feeding on hoppers. No, you don't see that. You only see one here or there because it's it's only when they uh, make a bad leap or get blown into the river that, right. that fish go at them. But man, when they do, look out. Yeah, it can be really terrific. So here's a second tip, and this has to do with your casting. And this is great news because we can all do this. Plop that hopper on the water. <laughs> a uh, good old plop. I know. I love the word plop. Plop. That's right. You don't need a delicate cast with a hopper. You can let them hit the water a bit harder than usual. Now, uh, it doesn't mean that you can let your line slap the water, but you're, you're trying to imitate a hopper falling into the river. Uh, not a hopper making some kind of a smooth stealth landing because that's not what they do. So don't worry if your fly makes a small splash. In fact, you want it to do that. Yeah. So again, something that may seem obvious if you fly fish much, but if you're a new uh, fly fisher, uh, this is the one time where you don't have to have a perfect cast. Yeah. Again, I think you said this, but I think it, it, you're still not wanting to slap your line on the yeah, water. Yeah, that's right? a great point. Which I always right. do as well. But yeah. So the third point is to, and drum roll here. Yeah, another patently obvious yes, one. Yes, patently but, but, obviously point but here. It's it's important. Be ready. Yep. <laughs> so often you'll get a hit as soon as the hopper hits the water. Oh yeah. And the first time it happens, you, you'll be left <laughs> with your mouth gaping and and no fish on the end of the line. Oh man, right? I've done so, that so many times. Uh, why, Not just the first time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wondering why you didn't set the hook. So expect a strike as soon as your hopper hits the water. Even if it floats for a few seconds before a trout attacks it, the strike will come unexpectedly and demand a quick uh, set, hook set. So that is a firm, slight lift of your rod tip. Now, the other thing, I do think sometimes, depending on how they're attacking it, you can set the hook too quickly. Yeah. And we've had that on Hopper Run before, where you just have to wait a yep. little bit and be I've careful. Heard, I've heard you say that, that not all Hopper strikes are aggressive. Yeah. And but when right. they are in attack mode, again, you have to just, it's a feel, I guess, and you, mm -hmm. it's, you have to be able to read the situation in real time. Hmm. You know, it always strikes me as odd that when there's nothing rising, I can throw a hopper in late summer, and, and boy, you can get a trout to take that imitation. Uh, you, you've said, what, what's your line, you say? Well, hum, hum. Hummers. Yeah. <laughs> hummers. <laughs> hummers. Yeah, they're as big as hummers. They're as big they? as hummers. Yeah. That little hummer, that big hummer. <laughs> Hoppers promise a gob of calories, and certainly during the mid to late summer, trout want that gob. Right, yep. they want the big chunk. Right, they want more, more rather than less. Yeah. So, uh, uh, grasshoppers provide that big, 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 <laughs> big, yeah, <laughs> big chunk of calories. That's right. That's right. So here's another one, um, and that's use a dropper. Uh, I think I ought to turn this into a little bit of a rhyme here. With a hopper, use a dropper. <laughs> You'll never forget it. Uh, but seriously, we rarely fish hoppers by themselves. I mean, I'll typically tie on a, a foot-long piece of tipment material to 
the bend of the hook of my hopper, then I'll tie on at the end of that another terrestrial, such as an ant or beetle pattern, uh, to the end of the tippet. Uh, if you're new to fly fishing, this, this additional fly is called the dropper or the trailing fly. So, you know, a beetle, an ant pattern. I, sometimes I'll just use an attractor, like a red humpy or a royal wolf as a dropper. You know, it's kind of interesting, isn't it, Dave? There are days when it seems like two out of every three trout hit the dropper and not the hopper, and, and then other days it's yeah. just the opposite of that. You just don't know. I've put a flying ant on before, and when that thing got waterlogged, it'd sit beneath the film, and I remember fishing Hopper Run, and we called it we call it Hopper Run where we fish it in Yellowstone simply because we've caught so many... Uh, cutthroat on 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 grasshoppers but uh, i've seen them come up and hit that thing and it's really sitting beneath the film it's not even sitting on top of the water and so that second fly even if it gets waterlogged will get hit sometimes and uh, so the droppers are really important addition to fishing grasshoppers yeah they really are they really are what else dave another important point and we make this so many times so if you're a veteran and hearing this again you know we apologize in advance but to pay attention to size and even color with hoppers it really doesn't matter what materials were used to tie hoppers at least from my perspective yeah i think you're right and at least from the trout's perspective i think is even more important yeah exactly because that they that's what matters foam patterns they float longer than those with hair and otherwise, a certain style of legs or the shape of the body matters little. I've even caught plenty of trout on large caddis flies during hopper yeah, season. Yeah, spruce moths. Spruce yeah. moths. Yeah, I remember catching a bunch on that. <clears throat> so what does matter, however, is size and color. Now, most trout aren't going to snub a size 8 and then only take a size 10 or vice versa. Yeah. And likewise, if most of the hoppers are green, fish might not key in as well on yellow. And, and I realize the trout process color differently than we do as humans, but there are times when color seems to matter. At least it seems to be the truth, right? Yeah. So do your homework. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get on a website of a fly shop near the river you plan to fish. Better yet, pick up the phone and yeah. talk to one of their guides. Yep. Here's another one. Give it some action already said if you're fishing hoppers use a dropper if you want some traction give it some action oh my wow. Steve. boy we're really in a roll here a bad roll uh, <laughs> but if, if your hopper's floating down a riffle or fairly swift stretch of current okay fine just let it float but if you're in a slower smoother section or uh, sometimes you, you you may sense hey there's some trout that are uh, that are kind of off to the side of a, of a seam uh, just skate your hopper a bit this is in in slower water uh, it imitates a hopper that's fallen into the river and is trying to escape and, and when you do this uh, uh, sometimes you have to be ready for a violent strike for sure steve i've seen this over and over and over and i've often missed these strikes because i'm paying attention to something else or just trying to get a decent cast out there but as soon as it hits the water and you twitch it a little bit it gets hit and yeah it's one of those little techniques that seems counterintuitive uh given other uh, advice on fly fishing but with hoppers skating it is is something that a lot of fly fishers do and to great results yep really is true all right it's time now for great stuff from our listeners we received this comment a while ago from kevin and he wrote 
Stephen Dave, thanks for your recommendation on using a guide service when we fish near Bozeman, Montana. This was the first trip to Montana for me and my family. My son and I fished the first two days with Jake from Fins and Feathers on the Madison and Yellowstone. Although we have fly fished for several years, this was our first time floating. Oh my. I would describe it as fly fishing from a NASCAR. Wow. We loved it. That's great, isn't it? Yeah, NASCAR fly fishing. I gave my son the front of the drift boat both days, but never let him forget I was fishing used water from the back of the boat. <laughs> That's how it is <laughs> with us. I know. Who's usually in the back? <laughs> yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, oh, I don't know about that. Well, anyway, we caught a ton of fish, uh, he says, and I think I may now hold the unofficial record for mountain whitefish. Uh, it had to be over 22 inches. Oh, my word, that's Holy huge. Cow. Wow. Anyway, he says, our guide was the best. He stopped to give us South Carolinians some tips on casting in the Montana wind. By the way, I must confess, I spent over $130 on fly shop hats. I've never seen so many fly shops. All the best, Kevin. Oh, that's, that's great. That really is. I love it. We love fins and feathers, and as all of you know, we're not a shill for any fly shop. There's so many great fly yeah, shops there out there. Yep. Uh, there's Montana. Is it called Montana Trout yeah, Fitters? Yeah, Montana Trout Fitters is good. Uh, yeah, we like that. River's Edge is good. Mm -hmm. There's it just is. a ton yeah. of great places, and we love fins and feathers. So thanks for that uh, that great quote. Yep, and that's true, isn't it? Uh, you, you visit a lot of fly shops, and if you're out of the area, you, you want a hat. Yes, you that's do. A souvenir. Yeah, so, you do. Uh, that's good. We'll recognize you, Kevin, if we're in South Carolina and we see a Fins and Feathers, fins and feathers yeah. or Montana Trout Fitters hat. We'll know it's you yeah. and your, or your son. <laughs> that's great. I work out every day. Or not every day. I would like to work out every day. But when I do, I actually wear an orange cap from Parks Fly Shop yeah. in, uh, in Gardner. And I've washed it so many times so it's fraying and looks really, really poor. But I am. I just love that cap, and I realize the next time we go out to Gardner, I gotta go to. I need to go to parks again yeah. and pick up not just one, but maybe two or three. So when I work out, I can have them over the next twelve months. Man, isn't that funny? That's I, I wear a Parks Fly Shop hat as well. It's it's more of a khaki tan color, but it's 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 really light. It's kind of got that. I don't know what what it is. It's just that more breathable material, so I'm I'm always wearing that as well. Yeah, we we do everything, don't we? We we think alike, and uh, yeah, yeah, and we work out very little. Yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> and as we alluded to at the beginning of the podcast, same le white legs. <laughs> All right. So our final segment in today's podcast is hook set. Uh, we're going to set the proverbial hook and wrap up the podcast with a quote. Today's quote is actually a small sample of tongue-in-cheek definitions that I found in Pat Barnes' book, Ribbons of Blue, The Life and Lore of the Old Pro Pat Barnes. Uh, we're going to have to do a, uh, a feature on him sometime, Dave. He was a Montana fly fisher who used to tie flies for Dan Bailey, and then he owned a fly shop in West Yellowstone from about the mid-1940s. Through the early 1970s. Maybe this is he's kind a, of before yeah, yeah, what, yeah. Bud Lilly, Bob yep. Jacqueline, yep. Craig Matthews, some of those guys. Anyway, here are, th what, three of his definitions. So fish. A fish is a fighting denizen of the deep that lures millions away from home and business. Fish usually grow a lot faster after they are taken from the water. 
<laughs> yeah, that 12 incher when you pull it out is suddenly uh, it was about 15 inches. Yeah, and, and about uh, yeah. A, a week later when you're telling it back home it was probably close to 18. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> they do, they grow. All right, here's his definition of fly fishing. Fly fishing is wading in cold water, sitting down in it now and then, hooking a fly in the neighboring brush and calling it a sport. <laughs> Gosh, oh, we, we've done classic. All the, we've done all those things, haven't we? Oh, man. All right, final one, fly rod. A fly rod is a rod that is sold by weight. The lighter the rod, the heavier the price. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, oh, that's, that's great. That's true that is as well. so great. Oh. Well, with those definitions for you to ponder, that's yeah. all for today. All right. Uh, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. <laughs>